there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to my travel podcast, Life's a Beach. Every week I invite a special guest to take us on a journey together to their favourite holiday destinations and to reveal their top travel tips and tales. My passenger today is a hugely talented, award-winning Irish singer-songwriter who I just adore. Her brilliant new album, 11 Past the Hour, is out on the 23rd of April on Decca Records. Normally you'd find her in a smoky speakeasy singing the blues in that unmistakable voice of hers. But today I've bumped her up to first class to enjoy a Guinness and a bag of nuts. Welcome on board, Imelda May! Final boarding call for passengers of Melden Bay. I repeat, this is the final boarding call for Melden Bay. Thank you. And before you get on the plane, what do you take with you? Do you, do you get anything duty-free? Do you have, like, a little vodka and stuff for when you arrive there? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you get books? What do you do? Oh, me, I normally chase after my daughter who decides to try on every single lipstick and perfume in the area. <laughs> so that's why you'll see me totally stress-head chasing her, running around. because She's such a girly girl. She'll just go... <gasps> And then open everything and try on everything. And she normally gets onto the plane looking fabulous. And I'm a sweaty mess. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, can adults please keep their children under control? This is a terminal, not a crash. Now, the last time I saw you was at the Royal Albert Hall. Do you remember that amazing night? Oh, my God. Wasn't that brilliant? Oh, to be back there. Oh, I know, I know. And then I realised everyone knows you and loves you backstage. It was so full of famous people. I met Bob Geldof. Now, he normally frightens me because obviously I'm a child of the 80s, you know. Give me your fucking money. But it was lovely to get 
a big hug from him. He's the loveliest guy. He's really, really lovely and cantankerous and funny. And I mean that as a massive compliment. He's, he'll, uh, he, he shakes up a night. He's fab. He, he'll say whatever he wants to say. And I really admire him for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your new album, 11 Past the Hour, is out on the 23rd of April. You must be yeah. gagging to get out there and perform it, aren't you? I'm going mad to get on the road. I've had like three tours cancelled or something. We just And the album was supposed to be out last year. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Let's get this on the road. I mean, my my stand-up tour has been put back four times and it's just so... I mean, some of the jokes were old when I wrote them. Now they're two years out of date. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Well, that's... I was only saying that last night to my boyfriend that... I, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to write the next album. I'm starting. I'm flying ahead creatively. I'm writing away, but I I haven't put any of these out yet. So I can't wait for them to come out. It just feels um feels mad. Feels like standing at a starting line, you know, for forever. Yeah, my God, yeah. I mean, let's talk. About, I haven't heard the album because it's not out yet. But I heard Eleven Past the Hour. God, that's a beautiful song. That title track, it's so oh, gorgeous. Thank you for very much. I'll send you the rest if you want to hear it. Please do. Do you want a sneak preview? Oh, could you? Do I have to go on the dark web to get it? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll get some guns and drugs while I'm at it. Um... <laughs> now, as you know, thank you first for flying Alan Air. This is a travel podcast. It must have been cool growing up in Dublin. Was it a great place to grow up? Yeah. Oh, God. It was a, and I grew up in a place called the Liberties, which is just so full of character. It's, it was just brilliant. All the mad characters around, eccentricity was welcomed. So, yeah, it was brilliant. I'm, I'm very lucky. And a mad family as well. Which <laughs> They're bonkers. Where would you take me out in Dublin for a night out? I don't want to go to any of these bloody touristy places. I want proper, you know, James Joyce was seen there having a drink, you know what I mean, years ago. I want that. I want the proper Dublin experience. I don't want to see people cling film to lampposts with their trousers around their ankles. You don't want to no, stag well, nobody over. wants to see that. <laughs> 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 no, I'd take you, I'd take you on a, a fab little tour of underground Dublin down to the smallest bar in, in the world, down to the oldest one in the Brazen Head. That's there since eleven hundred and something. And the thing about the thing about Ireland is, a lot of people when they come over as tourists, they say, "Oh my God, we'll go to all the pubs." But it's not just about drinking. The music is fab. The food is fab. So pubs are more social rather than a cane in it. You know what I mean? You'll 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 uh, you get a grand old meal, fireplace, and then a good old set. But I bring it all around there, and then I, oh, I I know that place back to front. I bring you to the maddest places. You'd love it. I know a little speakeasy um, and I know a little place that opens till whatever time you want to open to, but I can't save that that online. Right, I'm holidaying in Dublin. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple of them that I know that you have to knock three times. There's a little hash opens. I I mean, for real, not not a fake one that you get. It's a little (laughs) and they check it out and then you can get in. But the thing is, I can't get into all the celeb places because I never go there, so... I don't know what, where they are and I don't know what they are and I, I can't get into them. And I remember once I won a Meteor Award and uh, everybody was going to like Lily's at the time. 
Um, and I couldn't get in. I'm standing there, so I, no. <laughs> I don't know those people. I mean, I'm I'm a bit romantic when I go away, you know, and I, tra- I travel a lot. Well, when you could, and you know, I always, you know, hope when I go to Berlin that I'll stumble across like a you know a bar from the 1920s. Thing. I get very romantic. Are, are you a bit like that? Because obviously, you, the way you sing is so sultry and bluesy. Did you sometimes go to these places hoping to find these kind of atmospheric bars that, you know, just smoky oh, and just fabulous? Oh, I always find them. <laughs> um, my, when we're on the road, my band, they they always, when we get together at the end of the night, my band will say, God, I should have, I should have stuck with you. You know, I, they'd say, what happened? We get into the middle of nowhere or. And uh, a lot of the time, not all the time, obviously, but a lot of the time they'll say, God, there was nothing happening around here. And I'll come out with these mad stories that if it's safe, I follow, I'll follow me nose. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I end up in, I remember in New Orleans, I ended up in somebody's, it was, they'd done like a pop-up restaurant in somebody's sitting room. And I just saw loads of people going in and I just ran after them. I followed them in and I ended up in this little sitting room having dinner with the most amazing music. Hello, can the lady in row C, who's just followed the celebrity into first class, please return to her seat? Thank you. I remember another time in in, um, Shepherd's Bush, this homeless man came up to me and, well, it was, it was, he's now my boyfriend, but he wasn't at the time, and came up looking for a light and then started telling me about all about his art and how he has this, this uh uh this accommodation that he stayed in and it, would I like to go and see his art and I was like yes let's go well let's chat up lines go that's pretty oh, cool smoking and drinking tea and playing the piano and looking at this this uh, old man's art which was beautiful with the best night and he was saying I haven't had company in so long and he was just it was it was an upside upside down little bed sit and uh, I was safe I brought Ivella with me it was just just a magical night. I love those nights more than more than the the planned glitzy ones. They end up better sometimes if you just follow your nose. And you're lucky because you can sing amazingly. So you know people will invite you in the house. I mean, when I start singing, when I've had a few, people <laughs> often show me the door. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, Imelda. <laughs> I don't believe you because you're so lovely. Everybody ends up wrapping their arms around you and loving you and wanting to see more of you and wanting to see you again. So that's that's not true. You're such a gorgeous soul. Oh, I suppose you're right, Imelda. <laughs> so tell us about some of your earliest holiday memories. What did you do? Where did you go? Do you know what? You've just got kind of worms. My, um, my uh, parents were... So I'm from the inner city of Dublin and there wasn't much around at that time. A lot of people didn't go on holidays at all. Nobody could afford a lot of stuff. Um, because uh, there was a massive recession, just so you know, you know, in the eighties, it was really bad. Yeah, because I was really surprised when I went there. I mean, I was driving along the motorway, and then the motorway just stopped, and then it turned into a dirt track, and I was like, "What's happened to the motorway?" It was like that years ago. It was like that, but my mum and dad just had this adventurous spirit about them, and um, I remember I used to get I used to get killed in school by the teachers because they thought I was a liar. Because my parents used to put us in the car with a tent on top and all seven of us was five kids and them in this tiny little car 
Um, I used to have to sit across my brothers and sisters at the back. Um, and then we'd head off to Spain and France and Italy and Morocco with no plan and uh, just off we go. And it was just so adventurous. And when I'd come back into school, they used to say, so uh, they'd go around after the summer holidays and say, where have you been and what did you do? And I used to hate that question because they always would get the cane out on me because they thought I was lying. Because they'd say to the one beside me, she'd say, oh, I went to London, I saw my auntie or I went to, you know, Tenerife, wherever it was, it was or I went to, down to Cork, whatever. And then it'd come to me and I'd say, um, I went to... Morocco and I had a snake around my neck and they would go yeah right <laughs> and then the next year be like we went to Paris and camped under the Eiffel Tower which we did my dad nearly got arrested I saw that on Graham Norton when you were like <laughs> that's 100% true when you said then he was being pulled out by a gendarme <laughs> they dragged us out I remember my mum was in a dressing gown and all and they, she was shouting at the police, leave them alone. And they were dragging them off. He was going, I've done nothing wrong. And <laughs> apparently you're not allowed to camp under the Eiffel Tower. You know that gorgeous green spot? Yes. Oh, yes. this will do. We must be here before everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a massive bright orange <laughs> Hello passengers, if you look out to your left, you will see the Eiffel Tower. And if you look really closely underneath there, you'll see an orange thing. That's a tent with a Melda May in it. And then another time I went into school and said, I went to, to Rome and got kissed by the Pope, which I did. You got a wow! Picked me out of the crowd and kissed me on the cheek and put me back in, <laughs> into me, mum. And so they used to kill me in school because my early memories of travel was was definitely adventurous yeah. from them and everything would go wrong or go right and we'd have we'd break down on the side of roads and I remember my dad befriended someone in this French chateau and they rented them a an electric car with no roof and it got better and better. Has that, has that sort of made you want to travel more? Do you reckon that's through traveling so much? Has that sort of wet your appetite? I think um I think it definitely gave me the book and it, it gave me um it definitely gave me a different view on the world that or a view on the world that I wouldn't have had before and it gave me a lovely and all of us without realizing at the time looking back I think it gave us an acceptance of other people of different people that we weren't in this insular world we'd seen loads of the world from a very early age and we on I mean, we had no money. We used to have to, my dad used to make us choose between food or sightseeing. Like, and we'd all go, yay, let's go sightseeing. We'd flip a coin if only two of us could go up and see whatever the whatever yeah. thing was. And so two of us have got, we used to have so many adventures. But because of that, my mom and dad would lean on people and meet people. And be open to meeting people. And we ended up in this belly dancing club as children one night. And we were all been minded by all the belly dancers and oh, so I'm, wow. I, I think it gave me a great I'm, I was thinking I'd love to write a like a non-fiction comedy about it because it's the adventures were mad why don't you retrace some of your steps like with Netflix get that orange tent out and recreate it <laughs> <laughs> orange is the new black I don't know I'm thinking off the top of my head here <laughs> 
almost never went up to the shape that was on the box. <laughs> Sometimes it was really low and long. We'd have to crawl into it. <laughs> like a windsock. Yeah. <laughs> um, one time we brought my granddad, who was in his 90s, and he kept complaining that his feet were cold and my mum kept throwing blankets on him. And by the end, we went out in the morning to get out and they realised the two feet were stuck outside the tent for the whole night. <laughs> they were saying, God, he's a terrible winder, isn't he? I'm having to give him three blankets. He's still not. <laughs> Do you go for holiday romances? Have you had any holiday romances? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm all in. I'm such a romantic. I I get swept away. I couldn't do holiday romance and then say goodbye. All right. Okay. So you don't go there. So if like a waiter winks at you or anything like that, you're like, no. Obviously, when you were single and everything. I, I don't really go for holiday romances. I'm too much of a romantic for that. I'd have my heart broken in a second. I'm now one when, of those. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. I was, I'll just get off with anyone when I was on holiday. And then... um. <laughs> That's not true because no one would get off with me. Um, what when you go touring? Is there a place when you look at your schedule and go, "Woohoo, that's the place for me"? It's always the best place. Yeah, there's quite a few of them, and uh, and I do love an adventure. When 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 you're on tour, by the way, often a lot of people think that you see see the world, but often you see motorways and the venue and that's it. Oh, God, yeah. You roll up, you have no time, you get into the venue, sound check, all that, and then you're back on and you're gone again. And you've seen absolutely nothing. So sometimes it sounds like you've seen everywhere, but you've not experienced the place at all. Yeah. So there are a few places you get some time off. New York is definitely one that I just love because I find it so exciting. I have quite a lot of friends there. So uh, there's always something to do. And um, Barcelona is another one I love. Madrid, but the one that the one place in the world that I can fall into is New Orleans. I can disappear into New Orleans. Yeah, it's just so gorgeous and magical and bonkers, and it it just has such a it, it puts a spell on you. Oh, so it's like everything that you... That's the one place I haven't been, but I would absolutely love to go. But I always worry that it's going to be a, a bit of a, a disappointment, but you just want it to be perfect. But I'm definitely going to, when all this madness is over, get to New Orleans. I think New Orleans is if you plan it. It's for me, if if, if you roll into New Orleans and plan all the things you want to do, yeah. it, it reminds me, it's kind of like Ireland in a way. In Ireland, it's not a place you should plan. No, it's a place no. you should just go with the flow and see what happens. And that's when you'll have. And New Orleans is like that. If you plan your sightseeing, that's all you'll do. If yeah. you just roll up and then just follow your nose on it, you will have the best time because you'll end up in the maddest of places and getting your fortune told by a woman in a top hat and a pair of hobnail boots. You know, it's just great. Yeah. So what's this about New Grove? What's this? Oh, New Grange. Oh, New Grange. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. What's this about yeah. New Grange? So New Grange, I have to, I I love you to go to New Grange. It would blow your mind. It's, it's a, uh, so Ireland for me, obviously I'm from there, but the, almost the more I traveled, the more I appreciated what I had at home. That often happens. Um, and there's so much magic in Ireland and so many ancient things all the way back and, 
into paganism that there's there's so much strength in Ireland in the in the ancient ways that I'm rediscovering more and more, especially since the the church seems to be having less and less of a hold, um, which it didn't have, by the way, for for most of our existence. It's only in recent history. So I'm getting into all these ancient uh, ways and learning more. So Newgrange, if you go to Newgrange, there's now a big tourist site that they've built on top of it and around it, which is which is lovely because um, the weather's awful in Ireland. So at least you're warm and dry and get a nice cup of coffee or something. But this whole area, it's um, Bruna Boynia. It's in the uh, Boyne Valley. And they discovered this mound that years ago they, they dug into. And there's this massive site and it's, uh, it's 5,000 years old. So it's a couple of thousand years older than the pyramids, if I'm correct, or two or three thousand. How old are the pyramids? Two thousand years? Two thousand three hundred, I think. And I think um and it must be that's older than Stonehenge then. It's older than Stonehenge. And uh the artwork on the outside is stunning. And they realize they the people there have built it for generations. So those who started it knew they'd never finish it. And they brought in these stones from miles down the road, and they have to try and figure out how they brought them these massive boulders that you'd have problems moving now, but you can actually go into it. And it's a massive building that you go in. And as you walk in, then you end up in this narrow chamber. And once a year on the winter solstice, the sunrise, they, they built it in accordance with the, with the, with the sun and with planets and the stars. And once a year, this chamber just illuminates with light for just a few minutes every year and it, the light comes along from there's a little uh you don't realize when you're walking in there's like a little hole above above your head like a little window cut out and as you walk you don't realize you're at the you're elevated the path goes up and that path is is a path for the light to come in and it ends up at your feet and then hits off the ground and illuminates this chamber inside and it, it's unbelievable that they did hundreds of years work to build this, to last forever. This should be as famous as Stonehenge. Why doesn't anyone know about it? I don't know. I mean, the Irish, are, we're, we're great for kind of half telling people things because we want people to know about it, but then we don't want it too full. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like all of our beaches. We have so many beaches, mm. obviously being an island, but they haven't been built up is what I'm saying. And we have so many, and you can walk from miles on sandy beaches in the rain, by, by the way, but uh, you, you'll meet hardly anybody else. And it's just, uh, it's kind of lovely. Dunny Dahl, is, there's nobody there because the, the train lines are awful, but it's part of the reason why it's so un, untouched. You know, before I went to Ireland, you would hear all these, um, you know, these Hollywood stars getting holiday homes there and just disappearing yeah. there. And you're like, why are you going to Ireland? You're like a big star and that. But there are so many gorgeous places. No one knows. It is a great place to hide, isn't it? Yeah. My, my my old agent used to live in Runa Key over the other side. I mean, and you know, if you kept yeah. if you swam across, then you'd hit America. I mean, so yeah. desolate but so beautiful, and the beaches. Oh, the West Coast is beautiful. So I, when I was a teenager, I I ran away to the West Coast with a boy, um, and uh, I went for a weekend, and I stayed there for nearly a year, and I lived in a caravan, a tiny little caravan, right near near about a few minutes walk from the cliffs I just escaped over there but I had no electricity and no running water 
And I had the best time in this little caravan. And uh, I made the best friends. And I learned how to play the Bowron in the pub down the road. And I got myself a little job in the cafe. And uh, I remember seeing all these geologists coming because the Burren is there. And the Burren, if you Google the Burren, it looks like you've landed on the moon. And it's just this mad, all these mad rocks for miles. And down the cracks of these rocks, you get plants that shouldn't grow together from all over the world that blow in on the wind and grow down in these, in these tiny cracks. So it's one of the wonders of the world. But I used to walk with any dogs I'd pick up along the way, you know, along the houses that used to sit outside with nobody with them. I'd call them and I'd bring them, I'd say, shout to the owners. I'd bring it on a walk and I'd walk off with the with these dogs and it was just like walking on the moon and you'd meet nobody it was just magical you know there's still places you can hide and it has magic to it which uh, which is as you can tell something that draws me in when I perform my stand-up in Ireland I always have the best time and it's one of my, one of my favorite festivals there is the Kilkenny festival and it, oh that's it, bad but it's and it's Friday to Monday doesn't care about reviews like Edinburgh goes on the festival goes on and on and on but you go yeah. there it's just a box in the side of a pub. You get up there with your microphone and you just, and sometimes not even with a microphone. And it's just amazing. And it's the whole, and you just feel this oral tradition of telling jokes in a pub. It's just how it yeah. should be, you know, there's no negativity or anything. It's just fun, simple. That's it. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Well, Ireland's good for if you put your heart into something, you'll be accepted. If you start having airs and graces about yourself, um, and uh, and getting too uptight about it, that doesn't work. If you put your heart into it, then then you're good to go. And I'm sure everybody loves you like mad. Kilkenny is gorgeous. The castle in Kilkenny is great, but there's a there's a, a little kind of uh, there's a club in Kilkenny that you can go down underground, and you're in these medieval vaults. Trust you to find that, Amelda. Trust you to find that. <laughs> I do. I do. You're so good at finding these little places. I went to Venice and Jack Savaretti kidnapped me once, him and his band, and they kidnapped me in Venice. That's a story in itself. I mean, they did. They cancelled me flights and my hotel and everything. <laughs> and took me on the road. He, he okayed it, obviously, with my um, my family and friends and my ba- my uh, manager and all that. And they said, yeah, she'd love it. I was supposed, I did one gig with him. And then he said, uh, I want you to come to Geneva with me, um, Genoa, for five more days. So I woke up in the morning, got a call from the tour manager. The tour manager said, uh, pack your bags. I said, no, I've booked to stay here for a few days. And they said, we cancelled it. I said, but I'm flying. They said, we've cancelled your flights. There's a boat outside your your door. Jump in that and then meet us in a van on the other side of Venice. And off we went. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the crew, I ask that you Please direct your attention to the monitors above as we review the emergency procedures. Now, you and me, we both end up living in hotels. When was the last time you were blown away by a hotel? Because you say, it sounds awful, but you do get very mm about hotels, especially when you're touring. When was the last time you were like, wow? Because even I love it when they put like a little um, point the toilet paper into a point. That blows my mind. But, you know... <laughs> But when was the last time you were like, wow, oh, my God, oh, Imelda? Because I don't remember. I don't remember hotels now. Did you go five star or were you one of those you kind of an Airbnb or what, 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 what kind of thing do you do? Do you, do, you have, do you have a preference for a hotel and stuff? Yeah, no, I don't necessarily need to go five star. 
no. no. Um, I love my own space. I don't. Right. I don't like to be fussed. So I do love a little Airbnb, or um, I like to be hidden. There's a few beautiful hotels that I do love to go back to. There's a gorgeous little one in um, in Killarney that's beautiful, a little understated, and very, very well. I, and there's a gorgeous one I go to, Manor Hotel in Cork, that I love. Oh, I've stayed there. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I yes. I, I like places that have a personal touch. And there's a, another place I stay in New York, in, uh, but they're not they're not flashy. They're, I, I prefer the place where you turn up and they remember you. Oh, I love yeah. those. Nice. And they say, oh, it's so good to have you back. And you can ask how their family are and... I that that works better for me and they know to leave you be or not yeah. whatever or look after you when you come back because as you know when we come back from a gig we're all ready to we start our, our, our energy level has to be up you know yeah. from eight nine o'clock all the way through till 12 o'clock and you don't yeah. just switch off and go to bed no. you need to go and have something to eat mostly you don't eat before your gigs, you're starving. Oh. And so many places when you travel, no matter how, no, even if you've filled their hotels that everybody has come to see you next yeah. door, if you've filled the amount of places that just go nowhere shut, our kitchen's closed, drives me mad. So I love a place that's accommodating and will say, do you know what? Don't you worry. We'll take care of you. Bring your family in. And that's what I like. I, I can't stand that when you turn up at the hotel and you've just performed all night and you've like, you had a standing ovation and you say, can I have some of it? say, oh, we've got some dry roasted nuts. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, really? I'm Alan Carr, the entertainer. <laughs> that happens more than you can ever believe. I was reading um, Michael Palin's diaries and he said exactly what you said. I mean, all of Monty Python, you know, performing, go back and then the woman like, you know, huffing and puffing because they have to make a sandwich, you know, and it's like, we've got to eat. We're artists. <laughs> Do you know what we should do? We should we should put it out into the universe that when the everything's on on uh, lockdowns over, that we should find the most fabulous hotels and and go to all the spas. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea in your orange tent. Now, Amelda, have you ever complained in a hotel or anywhere? Are you quite a nice traveller? Have you ever gone? Don't you know who I am? Um, no, I don't. But my dad does. <laughs> My dad rings up and says, "Don't you know who I? Don't you know who my daughter is?" Oh. Oh. <laughs> Which is mortifying. Right, Amelda. Here's the quick fire round. Are you ready? Let's go. Chicken or beef? Um, neither. Oh, are you a veggie? Well, I have been for many years, but I, I got into fish and chips when I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Street food or a la carte? Will you be tempted to sit down in the gutter and have like a bit of a wok of food or? No, a la carte. I, 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 love, I love street food, but I've had, yeah, I, I've had, oh, that's a tough one. But I've had a few dodgy stomachs, so I'll go a la carte today. Yeah, I mean, I always go a la carte. I mean, I've had the shits, been there, done it. You get, you know, you get the gist. Factor 50 or chip fat? Are you quite sensible in the sun? Factor 50 now, chip fat before. Trying to undo the damage I did. Nudist or not on your Nelly? Oh, nudist all the way. Oh, fabulous. Yes. <laughs> I'd happily let it all hang out. <laughs> 
since you've gone to that Neolithic tomb, isn't it? It's made you all like into a druid and you're like, clothes are for losers. Um, <laughs> desert or ocean? This is quite deep for me. Desert or ocean? Ocean. And hammock or Hilton? Hammock. Hammock. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mel. That was so much fun. Oh, thank you. You're so lovely. I can wrap you up forever. Oh, thank you. Thank you for flying Alan Air. Oh, Imelda May. She just makes me want to go to Ireland so much. I absolutely love her. Please subscribe and rate my podcast. I would love you to. And I hope you enjoyed the journey. <laughs>